Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome to the HP Podcast. We talk about video games and lots of other shit. This is Ben. I'm sorry. I it just that just happened. Uh, this is Ben. I'm here tonight. My day has been insane. Brandon, you're also here coming live from the gamer room. The kitchen. Tell audience. me how it's going over there. Um, oh, it's the kitchen. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. The, you get a view of the gamer room. That's the other room. I'm in the kitchen room right now, but uh, I'm doing well. I had a very busy day myself in a different way, but um, a little bit tired, but excited about games. So I can't really be that mad. And I'm home. So like, what's better than that, really? Yeah, I just saw like purple light emanating from behind you. And I was like, it's the gamer room. The RGB room. It kind of is, dude. I, I literally always have that on. Um, it's like a little nightlight. I can make it whatever color I want. Do you have like overhead lights in that room or is it just RGB rocking all the time? Uh, no, it's actually my TV is completely backlit. Um, and so yeah. it's... Uh, With RGB. Yeah, yeah. It's actually bright enough that it lights up the whole room because our walls are white. So it just kind of disperses through the whole thing at night. It's really cool. Also with me here is uh, Dave Lambden, who is channeling some Jim Ryan energy by wearing his Sony headset. Uh, coming live from Toronto, <laughs> Dave. How was how is Uncle Jim treating you lately? Oh, he's good. Yeah, he's uh, he's a cuddler. That Jim. Um, <laughs> oh, no. is, this, is this show sponsored? I guess it is now, but or maybe it isn't. After I just said that, <laughs> no, it's definitely never sponsored by PlayStation. That's for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah, things are yeah. going well. I've 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 just uh, I've got my RGB remote up here, and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna sync up with Brandon here. And uh, uh-huh. yeah, all right. So we're on the same page here. That, that, oh, shit. We're, right, we're all rocking the purple. I could do that, but I would have to stand up to turn on the lights that have RGB, and I don't want to do that. Yeah, that's all right. I'm comfortable. It's going to be so. our thing, Dave. That's all right. <laughs> uh, so there's a lot to talk about. Yeah. And we try to keep the show, you know, an hour, hour and 15, try to max it out. We. No, we're not a huge show and we want to respect your time. And I mean, frankly, you should respect ours too, you bunch of sons of bitches. So let's just get right into it. Let's talk first about the Ubisoft event. And as we still will continue to debate whether it's Ubisoft or Ubisoft, 
I will never come to a consensus personally, even if they tell me directly, this is the way it's said, I will still not follow it because I say it however I want to say it in the moment. And that's me. Anyway, this is from uh, late last week, Saturday, actually. It says it's from sorry, it's from Kotaku, but it says today Ubisoft showed off a wide variety of upcoming and currently available titles from the French publisher with Ubisoft forward. There were some fun titles like Mario and Rabbids and Just Dance and a bunch of stuff for the Division franchise. Some hints at a partnership with Netflix and a lot of Assassin's Creed. And there is a lot of Assassin's Creed, by the way. So uh, for all these showcases, we have three different ones to talk about. We've got the Ubisoft one. We've got the Nintendo Direct. We've got the PlayStation showcase that just ended, I don't know, 20 minutes ago or something. So I don't want to talk about every single little game in each one, but I just want to see, you know, pull out some highlights. So first, I do want to talk about Mario and Rabbids. Did either of you guys play the first Mario and Rabbids? No, I did not know. No, no I, I'm seeing head shakes. They have like minion vibes to me. I think I've mentioned that. I just can't get past it. The rabbits. Yeah. Yeah, I get that for sure. So I did not play the first one. I owned it for a brief period of time and I traded it to someone for a different game on some website because I was like, I'm not going to play this. And right after that, everybody started talking about it. Like it came a second wind, I think. And everybody started talking about it. I was like, I need to play that. And then I never did. So I am kind of thinking about playing this. But let's go ahead and move on. Dave, I kind of want to pitch it to you here to talk because you're the, I shouldn't say Ubisoft fanboy. You're not a fanboy, but you like Ubisoft games, I think, more than Brandon and I do. So what what stood out from the showcase to you that, you know, made you sit up in the front of your seat and shout, woo? Yeah, well, it was it was the Assassin's Creed stuff. I'm not going <laughs> to lie about it. But um, I guess before we dive into that, um, Ubisoft, the worst keeper of secrets in the gaming industry today, because uh, pretty oh much everything from the Assassin's Creed portion, as well as, you know, the Division stuff uh, was leaked. We talked about it last week on the show, and sure enough, it was pretty much bang on. So uh, the Division Heartland is uh, the PvEVP. Um, that's coming out soon and I, you know, it was announced. So I think that's something that gives me like, um, Tarkov vibes a little bit. I don't know if they're trying to get into that sort of realm, but it's free to play. Um, this is the first time we've seen anything from the division in that free to play realm. So it'll be interesting to see where they kind of go with this. And more importantly, if this can kind of hook a new audience, but also bring, the division audience over to a very different type of game. Cause um, you know, the division is not the most successful um, service franchise out there, but it also has a really loyal following and division two is still going quite strong. Um, so it'll be really cool to see uh, if this can, can hook a player base and, and sort of bring, bring players over from the main franchise. So yeah, I'm looking forward to that one myself. Nice. Yeah. Brandon, you never played the division. Is that correct? Uh, I think I rented it once. I didn't really vibe with it okay. too much. Um, I got mad respect for the series. I think that it could have been a lot bigger than it was. I feel like it never quite caught on like it could have. Um, so I have hope for the future of the series in general. I feel like they could do something cool with it. I mean, the Clancy name has always led to something good, even if it's not exactly. It's like an evolution of that. Um, so... That's pretty cool. I guess mostly this this uh, showcase was a lot of Assassin's Creed, and that's what stood out to me. Um, yeah. I, I don't want to sound like a hater, but there was just so much Assassin's Creed. Um, I was looking at photos on Reddit of like the store and all these updated icons for like 50,000 Assassin's Creeds, and it's just a lot going on. But I think 
that means that they're really interested in investing in the series. And I hope that only brings good things for everybody. Um, obviously, the feudal Japan, finally, the the fan cried for for years and years. That's obviously really exciting. Um, and who knows? Maybe some of the old games will get some love finally um, and not be stuck on old hardware. So um, I guess if you're on Xbox, that's not really as much of a problem. But uh, yeah, no, this is all good. I would love... They really, the new one, what's the new one that's coming out more recently? Mirage? Mirage. Yeah. That's giving me huge Ezio vibes. I don't know if it's just his outfit or what, but I feel like they really want to try and return to form here. I think that's like the big focus. Um, I do find it interesting. And I wonder how Dave felt about the uh, decision to completely cut out all future segments of the Assassin's Creed universe. Because I always found those kind of interesting in a way to like break up the gameplay and kind of make sense of what's happening. Um, but I would be interested to see it without. I mean, I'm sure they could do it just as well. But what did you think, Dave? Yeah, it's they they definitely made a mistake in the franchise, in my opinion, by killing off Desmond. And I think after that happened in Assassin's Creed Three, they sort of were, you know messing around trying to figure out how they were going to actually take that current timeline story arc. And I think they've, they've got it in a good place now with um, Layla Hassan, who has been the present day protagonist in uh, the last three games. So origins Odyssey and Valhalla. Um, But my understanding is they're going to sort of take the present day story arc in a new direction with Assassin's Creed infinity, which is something we knew about. Um, but they kind of provided a little bit more detail in what exactly this is. Um, I was reading an interview um, that one of the project leads on this was doing with IGN, and they kind of went into a little bit more detail. And the more I read about it, the more that Assassin's Creed Infinity reminded me of what the uh, Call of Duty experience is like now, where whether you open Warzone or Vanguard or whatever it is, as soon as you open it, you have like three icons on your screen, regardless of what you have purchased or have installed. You have Warzone, Vanguard. Now you have Modern Warfare 2. A couple months back, it was you'd have Cold War. So it was like a launcher for all of the sort of current titles. Plus, I think what they're also going to add in is have this multiplayer aspect in Infinity. So mm. you would have... Assassin's Creed Japan, or it's called Red. Um, that's the code name. And then the next one would be Assassin's Creed Hex, which is like the witchcraft one, which is apparently going to be a much different game than what we've ever seen, not just in terms of tone and setting, but I don't even think it's going to be an RPG. And then alongside that, you'd have like whatever this multiplayer thing is going to be. And then interwoven with that would be some sort of separate future or sorry, present day story arc thing. They've made it. Well, don't cl- forget the mobile game. That too. And like they've, <laughs> they've made it clear that, you know, you can purchase red and hex and anything else separately, but they're all going to live within this infinity ecosystem. What I suspect might happen is at some point in the future, you're going to be able to subscribe to infinity. So rather than, yeah. you know, purchase the game straight up, you can subscribe to it like you would PS plus or something like that. And you'd have access in some respect to all of the games, maybe, you know, some DLC or additional content would be locked behind, you know, an additional purchase or something, but I kind of see them go in that direction. 
But I do wonder how that would be tied into Ubisoft Plus because I, I don't know, you know, if if a publisher would really want like competing subscription services. But it certainly sounds like that's the direction they might be going in. But yeah, um, yeah Infinity is intriguing. I'm wondering from an access standpoint how you know it's going to you know make it easier to play all the games and sort of stick with the story arcs rather than having buy one game after another after another. Um, but Again, this is all stuff we kind of knew because it all leaked, but it was right. nice to hear them go into detail and actually tell us what the settings were uh, right. of the upcoming I saw, games. I, I saw someone speculating that maybe it could be something like the Master Chief Collection, where it's, mm-hmm. like you said, the kind of a launcher for all of them. But the only issue I see with that is, like, they're not going to just, hey, if you're in here already, we're just going to put the new game in there unless you're purchasing it. And then if you're purchasing it, why do you need a launcher? For it so i think you're probably on to something with a subscription model and maybe it's just continued to be part of ubisoft plus or maybe they do break it off because i don't know how strong ubisoft plus's numbers are yeah but i will say they offered with this showcase a, th- a free 30-day trial to ubisoft plus and then i saw someone mention and i don't know if this was confirmed or just uh speculated or you know they confirmed it through an interview or something that there's no remakes planned or remasters planned for the uh, early games in the series. And I'm like, you know what? I might take this advantage to play via Ubisoft Plus uh, to go in and play the Ezio trilogy again on modern hardware, even my PC potentially, um, just because I've wanted to play it and I've been holding off for hopes of remasters. And it doesn't seem like we're getting that. So Damn. I think that's fine. I'll yeah. just play the old ones. I think the most obvious route they might go is Ubisoft Plus gives you access to Assassin's Creed Infinity, which is all the games in the library plus the new ones plus everything. Because you know we're seeing more and more of that from this franchise. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, that might actually be the one big surprise from this, from the Assassin's Creed point of view, is we didn't get an AC One remake announcement or remaster yeah. or anything like that. Um, and, you know, Brandon, you kind of mentioned like Mirage certainly looks like it's got those vibes. So maybe they decided to go that route instead, or it could be a surprise later. But for me, yeah. that was the one surprise. I was sure that was going to be announced, but yeah, nevertheless, oh. it was not. Yeah, no, I I'm going to double down on that. I actually am excited. A company investing in an IP that they clearly see a potential in is good. We don't want these things to die. Assassin's Creed was one of the biggest names in video game. It still is. Don't get me wrong. Still is, yeah. Um, but, you know, they've had their ups and downs. But this is good to see a concise company push in something that is loved. You love to see yeah. it. So and I just got to finish off on this because, like, you know, we, we had the first bulk of games, which started to get old. And then we had the last three games, which were much more RPG driven. And we got to Valhalla and a lot of people were like, we want the old Assassin's Creed. And they could have easily just gone back and done that. But what I really like to see, I, what I what, what I like that I'm seeing is that rather than just saying, okay, we're going to make the old style games now, they've decided to diversify. So we're going to get a lot of different stuff that hopefully appeals to a lot of different people. And we see something new. So um, sure. that's promising for me. I, I really like yeah. that. Yeah, for sure. And I like that the new game, was it Mirage, I think that they yeah. announced, uh, is appears to be a more streamlined game. And I think I saw somewhere, again, could have been speculation. I didn't confirm all this stuff. I think I saw that it's going to be a lower price point, too. Yes, hmm. I saw this. Uh, I so That's actually great what, news. Yeah. yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, they, you know, like they're saying basically like, look, this is a smaller experience and therefore it's probably worth less money. And that's encouraging to me as long as it's not this is this game's going to nickel and dime you to death. Right. You know, I don't want that. But right. Uh, if they can figure out, I'm, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of microtransaction in it. But if they can figure out how to make those small, concise games that also are still very compelling and not a gotcha mechanic and they're going to put it up for 40, 50, 60 bucks even now that games are 70 or 80. If they put it up for 50, 60 bucks, I'm I'm probably still into it. So. Well, that's uh, let's move along from the Ubisoft event. Unless you guys either one had anything to add, feel free to hop in. I, so we're on we're all three in separate places. So we do for the audience, we do have a, a slight bit of delay. So if we just interrupt each other, that's why. Uh, the next thing I want to talk about is the Nintendo Direct. This happened this morning as we were recording this, and I didn't get to watch it. Dave said he didn't get to watch it. Brandon, you was at work. I'm assuming he didn't get to watch it. We've watched all the other stuff, but except for this one. So I just read through uh, all the. Um, all the stuff that they announced. And this comes from IGN. It's an article about uh, all the stuff that they've shown. My friend Adam Bankhurst actually wrote it. So hopefully he didn't get anything wrong or miss anything. Um, But I want to first start off talking. I know we're all going to have something to say about it. I presume that the sequel to the breath of the wild, to breath of the wild is called the legend of Zelda tears of the kingdom. And the announced release date for that is going to be May 12th, 2023. Dave, as the most gigantic Zelda fan I've ever met, how do you feel about Tears of the Kingdom? Uh, it's good. It I, I can't help but think about Skyward Sword. I don't know about you guys because we're getting you know the yeah. verticality <laughs> and we're we're going up in the sky. But um, I think I think it's a good sort of launch date. Um, we're often deprived of stuff to play in the summer, and I I think this is this is something that's going to keep us occupied for a long time. And I like that um, this isn't we haven't seen many sequels in the Zelda series. It's more like a new experience, but I like that they've kind of decided to keep it more in line with what breath of the wild was. And yeah, long story short, we're getting more of a good thing. Um, and right. obviously we knew this cause this was previously announced, but um, I just hope that they figure out a way to make this game run well on the switch because breath of the wild did not. And I can only, you right. know, sequels get bigger. They, they add more features. They, they have larger maps. Maybe, you know, now that the developers have had several years with the hardware, they can find ways to optimize it. But that is a major concern that I do have is that this may actually run the same, if not worse um, than Breath of the Wild did. I also hope that they remove destructible uh, weapons because that was really annoying. But otherwise, yeah, I can't wait. Looks great. I think that the you mentioned the verticality. I think if anything, that's gonna like I, I have I have a feeling this game is in the same engine as Breath of the Wild was. But I mean, I, I don't see why it wouldn't be. Quite frankly, it's on the same hardware and the same line of games. It might as well be in the same engine. But the fact that there's all that verticality and the system is going to have to process moving across different terrains so quickly. uh, Yeah, I'm not hopeful. Brandon, I know you're, you know, Dave is the number one. I I said that Dave, for some reason, I thought you didn't like Zelda very much. I knew you liked Breath of the Wild, but I thought you didn't like Brandon. I know you love Nintendo in general. (laughs) Are you ready for a new Zelda game? No, definitely. Um, Breath of the Wild alone could have justified my purchase for my Switch. Um, I feel like if it wasn't for that game, I would have regret buying it at all. Um, But I'm not a huge Zelda fan, right? I played Majora's Mask. No, wait. What's the other one everyone loves? 
Yeah, Majora's Mask. Ocarina. I played a little bit. All of them. Ocarina of Time. <laughs> that's the one I played a little bit of on 3DS. I actually borrowed it from Dustin back in the 3DS days. But um, Breath of the Wild, undoubtedly a masterpiece. Um, paved the way for many games like it. And there's still games that I see trailers for that I even saw today um, that give me some Breath of the Wild vibes. So um, this is good news. I'm excited for more. I am very concerned um, about the performance as well. I'm not going to tread over that ground again, but um, I was willing to accept it closer to launch, um, but I'm going to be gravely disappointed if I'm still met with a underwhelming performance. Um, So I'm not really expecting a whole lot. The Switch has a way of disappointing me constantly. Um, No testament towards the game or its developers, um, but... uh, yeah, this is awesome. I just want more. So I yeah. don't even care if it's that different. Sure. I just want more. And it does look different, too. I mean, even I haven't watched the full trailer. I, sh- I saw a lot of stills because I was at work. But um, yeah, this is nothing but good news. I've honestly felt so good about these three showcases. Um, typically, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling left a little bit disappointed. But I think it's because they're all so close. I'm just like so excited about everything at this point. Um, and to get it nice. next year... Um, is just fantastic too because we had no idea uh, they've been pretty quiet so yeah well we'll see if it's actually next year you know they've they've announced it two years in a row now so <laughs> right uh i don't want to be a pessimist but you never know pikmin 4 is coming in 2023 this is another big title for nintendo it's you know the first three pikmin games i felt like the first two were pretty huge the third one came out and it sold decently especially for a pikmin game but it didn't meet a lot of fanfare but I love the Pikmin games. I think they're a lot of fun. I I didn't play three in fairness, but I think they're a lot of fun. They've got a a cool mechanic that I really enjoy. Brandon, are you a Pikmin fan? I can't remember. Uh, No, 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 no. I've I've heard about the Pikmin um, and they're very cute. Okay. um, But no, no experience here. So Dave. Pikmin? No. You're a Switch fanatic. My favorite thing about Pikmin, having never played the series, is the story in which Shigeru Miyamoto tells about how he was inspired to make the series was just from playing in his garden. And I don't know if he saw like ants or something or like he was just on acid and he saw like little things moving around in the garden. He's like, that'd be a a sick video game. Um, So every time I see anything Pikmin, I think about that story. But I'll uh, say he'd be he'd be right. It actually looks a lot of fun. Um, These are the kind of games that are just cute. Um, I don't know if we'll get much substance, but we don't really need it. It's just going to be good either way. So. Yeah, well, that's supposed to come in 2023. It's been in development for a long time. Um, Oh, man, like almost 10 years, I think that they've they've been at least talking about it. Who knows if it's actually been in development that long. I, I assume it went through a reboot at some point. What is this fucking Kingdom we Hearts? Got, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we got Fire Emblem Engage. It's a new mainline game for the Fire Emblem series. I don't think any of us care that much about Fire Emblem, so I'm going to move on unless you guys interrupt me. Uh, also, Kirby is uh, coming to the Switch. Kirby's Dreamland. No, Kirby's Return to Dreamland. It was on the Wii and it's going to be coming to the Switch. That's a good thing. Anytime they bring old games forward, I applaud that, especially if they don't make it possible for you to play them, even if it's not a game I'm interested in, which this one, I love Kirby, so maybe it is, maybe it isn't. But even if it's not a game I'm interested in, I like seeing them support old games. Another big one that I don't know that any of the three of us are terribly interested in, but Octopath Traveler 2. Octopath Traveler was a huge game. I don't think, 
I don't think people realize how big that game was. And it was on uh, originally on the Switch, and then it came to Xbox later on. I think it actually came to Game Pass. Octopath Traveler 2 looks like a better version of Octopath Traveler, which is, by the way, the way it should be. Dave, are you going to check it out? I probably. So I Octopath Traveler was the second game that I bought for my Switch, and uh, I bought it just because it looked amazing. Um, sort of yeah. 2.5D, um, and I liked it. I played it for 30 hours um, and said, I like this game, but that's enough for me, and I don't even think I was halfway through it. It is huge. Uh, does yeah. get a little repetitive, but I will definitely check out the sequel uh, when it when it comes out because it's perfect for the Switch. A game like that, it's it's even if you don't finish it, I mean, it's 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 just right. a cool cool game and great story, great story. Brandon, you're not much of a JRPG guy, but does Octopath Traveler two look appealing to you? No, I mean the uh, the first one, incredibly beautiful, uh, as Dave mentioned. Art style is really cool. It's very unique uh, in a lot of ways, um, but not my kind of game. That's okay though. I'm sure it's going to be great. Yeah. Uh, interesting to note, Octopath Traveler 2 is not going to be exclusive like the first one was. It's also coming to Steam, PS5, and PS4. I didn't see a mention of Xbox, which is interesting because the first one originally, like it at first, didn't come to PlayStation, and now the second one originally isn't coming to Xbox. So, Do you think Sony we'll paid that for that? Goes. I don't see any way possible that Sony didn't pay for it. No, I mean, what they do. no, I mean to keep it off Xbox, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, that's what I mean. So, oh, like, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. You don't you don't get console exclusivity. I mean, there's no way unless this game is somehow they somehow have an idea that it's going to be absolutely terrible. There's no way the Xbox would have said, no, you can't put your game on our system. <laughs> so if it's only on PlayStation, it's because they worked out some sort of arrangement. And that almost definitely means monetary exchange, in my opinion. Bayonetta 3 gets a new trailer. It's coming out in October. I'm sure we'll have more to say about that. You know, I don't know for either of you guys. Did you play the first Bayonetta games? Uh, I didn't. And I, no. I, I I can't help but feel like this. And this is a series I've always wanted to like. I, I've gotten into like uh, Devil May Cry and like Darksiders and stuff like this is right in like what I currently want to play. But I can't help but feel like this series is stranded on Nintendo hardware because I don't want to play yeah. this on the Switch. And I didn't want to play it on the Wii. Um, I don't know if I'd check out the third one, but I, I'd love to see it on, on... I'd probably be more inclined to play it on like PlayStation or Xbox. So it's, it's too bad that, that my only option would be Nintendo Switch for this one. Yeah. Right. GoldenEye 007. Ooh. Boys, it's here. Now, it's only going to have online play on the Switch, from what I understand. I guess the Xbox version will not, which... I could be very wrong on that. Again, I had a very busy day, did not get to see everything that happened. But things I was reading online led me to believe it would not be. I'm excited either way to play GoldenEye uh, somehow, even though I've played it recently and it was not as good as you know you remember, of course. Um, but boys, are we are we squadding up? Or I guess not squadding up because we wouldn't be together. <laughs> but are we playing? Are we playing 007 on the Switch? I'll Can give it a go. It yeah, no, I'll give it a go. Um, I'm hoping it'll be like 20 bucks. That would be perfect. Um, but yeah, I'll try it out. I have a lot of experience with the later like PS2 James Bond games, but obviously the legendary GoldenEye. Um, so I'd be interested in at least seeing what it's like for the first time. So, well, and Brandon, you mentioned price. So before we go to Dave, I'll just say I'm pretty sure it's coming to their expansion pass. Oh, perfect. 
Uh, so <laughs> it's going to be the extra expansion pass, of course. Gotcha. So I don't know that this is something I'd want to do forever, but for a month or two, Dude, you I'll, know, why not bump up to it? I'll and just buy, check it out. buy it on Xbox then. Yeah. Well, I don't know if we can play together. Or not. Well, that's a whole thing we can discuss anyway, later. Anyway, but Dave. Yeah. 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 Goldeneye. Yeah, yes, so no. it's it's coming to Game Pass, but the only place you can play it online is Nintendo Switch, which Correct. blows my mind. Yes. Do they want people to play online? or You know what? They've probably played it and been like, everybody loves this game. This is like peak nostalgia. This is the definition of nostalgia. But if they actually go back and play it, they'll realize how fucking janky it is and how poorly it's aged. <laughs> so we're just going to keep it on Nintendo Switch. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, that's weird, man. That's really... I, I don't want to play with you guys. If Nintendo Switch is the only place I can play it, I don't want to play for the online service and I don't want to play it on that hardware. I'm shitting on the Switch yeah. a lot today, but this isn't cool. This is Do not it. cool. Do it. I'm glad you said Such it, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm glad you said yeah. it. <laughs> well, also joining the service in um, 20. Oh, later this year and next early next year, uh, we've got, of course, GoldenEye, like I mentioned. And then we've got Pilot Wings, Mario Party, Mario Party 2, Mario Party 3, Pokemon Stadium, Pokemon Stadium 2, 1080 Snowboarding, Excite Bike 64 all coming to the service. So that's um, that's a lot. That's a, good, a lot of good stuff coming. Yeah. Crisis Core Final Fantasy 7 Reunion is going to come out on Switch and other platforms on December 13th of this year. And this was a PSP game. I did not try this one, but I'm pretty sure Crisis Core is, I mean, it's tied in with Final Fantasy VII. It's very well respected, though. Um, this one looks to be a bit more of a, I don't know if it's a straight-up remake or more of a reimagining, but uh, it's definitely a beloved entry in the Final Fantasy. I guess somebody loves all the Final Fantasy games, so we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Either, Brandon, you're, you're currently playing, and maybe you'll talk about this later, you're currently playing through Final Fantasy VII Remake. Mm-hmm. Is this holding the appeal to you because of that? Uh, I mentioned on the Discord, I am slowing down a bit. I feel like I'm getting, like, once the excitement of the combat has worn off, that it's new and interesting. And unlike any game I've ever played, uh, quite, uh, it's kind of losing me now a little bit. So I I don't know. I, I am going to stick through this Final Fantasy VII Remake, but it's not going to make me want to play anything else, to be honest with you. I mean not a testament to the game i guess more a testament to me but yeah i don't know it would really have to be something different but something about it just i get bored (laughs) yeah i don't know there's another set of mario kart 8 deluxes courses that are coming uh later this year uh of course they're part of the booster course pass that you had to pay for it was really interesting because i was super excited about the booster course when they announced it and then i didn't pay for it and now the time has kind of passed and i don't know if i'm excited for it anymore well dude Uh, but that's coming but on to more go ahead i was gonna say i feel the opposite way i shit on this on this um this entire thing but yeah i saw that it literally by the end will double your maps Yes, so that's correct. That made you me feel... You also pay double the price of the game, but... You know. <sighs> yeah, I guess that's another thing, but I just thought it was going to be way less, so I feel like I feel a little bit more positively about it, but still sucks the price, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, go ahead. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I didn't really have anything to expand on it other than that it is, you know, you're paying plenty of money for it, but it does add a lot, for sure. Uh, Brandon, this is... I did want to throw this specifically to you because I know you were playing Nintendo Switch Sports, Getting a free golf mode yeah. this holiday. Yeah, that's and it's going to have twenty one holes from Wii Sports. Yeah, no, that's 
that's really good news. I feel like it, it is missing something else in there. Um, what it has is good. Um, and I feel like it's best played with friends, but there's literally no other reason to play it any other time. Um, as far as I'm concerned, it's a little disappointing that it's not out already. I'm going to be honest. Um, I guess I'm glad that it's coming, but it should have been a lot closer to launch, uh, if you ask me. So this is good news. Yeah. I think they have the capability of making it just as good as the previous ones. So um, I already have the game, so why not get more? So now this is good. This is good. Right. I, I would not be buying the game for just this, though. I'll say that. I mean, if you don't already have it and you're not interested, I don't really think this is going to do much to bring more people in. Um, so. Yeah, go go buy Mario Golf if yeah. you need a golf game for your Switch that's current. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, just to blaze through a couple of these, Mario Strikers is getting more uh, DLC, or actually it's a free update, uh, which is good because that game uh, was bare bones at launch, which is I was so excited for it, and I saw it, and I was like, I'm not paying for bare bones Strikers. Sorry. Xenoblade Chronicles 3, they're adding more weeb shit, of course. Uh, Splatoon 3 is getting a Splatfest. They, of course, had to talk about that, too. Splatoon 3, by the way, is doing insane numbers Dude, right now. Dude, Japan like, loves it has Splatoon. Potential to be, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, they, they, they love... I saw a fucking Splatoon concert video. <laughs> like, it yeah. was crazy. <laughs> Seriously, did you guys see that? It was nuts. There were people yeah. on stage. They had fucking light batons and everything. Goodness gracious. They love it. Yeah. <laughs> I thought, thought this was interesting, and we've seen this happen a few times before, but Resident Evil Village is coming to the Switch, and it's coming via the cloud series that, Nintendo, that the Switch has been doing because the Switch can't handle God. a modern game, as Dave well knows. <laughs> Dave, do you feel like, and I don't even want to talk about Resident Evil coming to the Switch necessarily, but do you feel like cloud games on the Switch are, like, is that a good idea? I mean, I've never played one. If it's a way to bring games to the hardware and to audience that only has that hardware that they wouldn't otherwise be able to experience in a way that, you know, the hardware wouldn't natively be able to handle, then sure, it's a good thing. I've never tested this. Uh, I've never seen this being tested, I should say. Um, I (laughs) I would have to see it to believe it, especially a game like Village. Like, it blew my mind when, like, Doom Eternal was on Switch and... I don't yeah. know how that runs, but I assume it's not good. Well, no, yeah. um, but again, if it, if it if it brings like that title to people who couldn't otherwise play it, then it's a good thing. And if it if it's if it runs decently, if if it's acceptable, then why not? I mean, it's there. Yeah. It's there for people, right? So Doom Eternal probably ran fine on Switch, and that's not a testament to the Switch. That's a testament to Doom's code. Um, and yeah. uh, two, there is zero percent chance that this is not going to be fucking awful. Um, have you have either one of you ever tried to play <laughs> an online game? Just period, any online game on Switch. It's fucking awful. It's been awful since launch. Nothing about the hardware has gotten any better. The Wi-Fi readers are ass. Um, like there yeah. is no reality. Like great if you can play a game that you can't play on Switch, but you are playing, which isn't a surprise for the Switch, but you are playing an insanely stupid version of the game. And I'm not talking about graphics. It's just going to feel bad. So I don't know. If the only, the literal only way you can play Village is on your Switch, try it out. It's a great game, but it's going to be bad. I'm just going to say it right now. I don't even care what anybody says. (laughs) I'm convinced it will be awful. Um, So there's no amount of streaming that should be taking place on that console. So, yeah, agreed. 
I, I have tried to play some online games, Splatoon, Mario Kart, some other stuff. Um, obviously, Smash Brothers, they're all they're all bad. The the Wi-Fi capabilities just aren't there. And I have the Ethernet reader because I it came with my son's switch that I bought him or he bought himself. And uh, it doesn't do much better because it's just the, the servers and the connectivity. So I'm going to blaze through a few of these. We've got a new Harvest Moon remake. Uh, Fae Farm is a new game that's coming out. Looks very Nintendo for sure. It's not Nintendo making it, but it looks like it belongs on the Switch. Uh, Harvest Ella gets a demo today. Uh, the The game is actually coming out in November. Fatal Frame Mask of the Lunar Eclipse is coming to the Switch. It was on the Wii in 2008 in Japan only, so hopefully it will run okay on the Switch. Tunic is coming. Did you, did I, Brandon, I know you didn't, but Dave, did you play Tunic when it was on Game Pass? I didn't, but uh, when I saw this news today, I thought this is this is the place I want to play this game. So uh, I may yeah. finally check it out when it comes to Switch. But I am scared because everybody said it was really hard. It is really hard. Yeah, I played a little bit of Tunic on Game Pass just because it was there. It wasn't a game I wanted to stick with, but it was it was challenging enough to make me think maybe it's worth a revisit. So right. I agree that on the Switch is a, is a cool place to play it. Brandon, It Takes Two is coming to the Switch in November. And here's the cool thing, Brandon. You don't have to have two Switches to play it. Yeah. Just like you don't have to have two systems to play it. You can play it just on the switch with two controllers if you want yeah how do you feel about that no that's really good i feel like this is a really amazing game um for a console like the switch just between the joy cons you know having two controllers just out the gate um is going to be really good for people to experience this um i am going to try not to talk about i think it's going to be shitty on the switch (laughs) Because that's just what I've been doing for like 10 minutes now. Um, But I'm just... (laughs) 10 minutes, more like 10 months. Yeah, yeah. But um, no, I just... This game is really beautiful. So I would actually be concerned that it would lose some of its magic. um, Is the only reason I'm saying that. So uh, play this game if you haven't already. Find someone to play it with. Um, It is not the same without. But if you can find someone that's even passingly interested, uh, it's a pretty interesting game there's no co-op game quite like it so right and it comes with the friends pass so only one person has to pay for it absolutely to, if you do want to do on two different systems so uh sifu is coming to the switch it's going to run like ass just going to give you a heads up on that if you want to play it don't play it on the switch uh but i figured i'd mention it uh, a couple more remakes a couple more weeb games uh danganronpa of course has another addition to uh their terrifying trilogy or more than that now um those are the big things that were kind of announced uh did anything else catch your guys eye brandon anything really speaking to you no man nintendo was the weakest of the three i mean i was pleased with some of the stuff i saw but you covered it pretty well so dave no yeah i think we octopath travelers one that uh i'll definitely keep my eyes on but uh i think zelda is obviously the big one for me and and most people i would hazard i guess sure oh and i i thought it was super weird that they weren't gonna announce like do the direct in the uk for reasons but then they announced the title of the new zelda and it actually kind of made sense why they maybe didn't oh oh shit i didn't even think about that um i guess yeah they cancel everything though or i shouldn't say they cancel it's not like this happens all the time they have canceled like everything even sports matches and stuff so i mean it's a big deal um you're the queen dying so i don't blame them for not showing it but you're right there may have been some sensitivity there because of titles that uh were being shown too so who knows 
let's go ahead and move on. We're going to hit the PlayStation Direct or PlayStation State of Play up later, uh, but I want to hit a few more smaller stories here in the meantime. Guys, something that we were talking about last week. Bonnie Ross is leaving 343 Industries and Xbox in general. She is more than just uh, the head of 343. She does a lot of stuff for Xbox, or at least did a lot of stuff for Xbox. And um, this comes from Windows Central, Jez Corden reporting on it. And, uh, well, I'll just go ahead and read. Bonnie Ross has led 343 Industries and the Halo franchises at Microsoft for 15 years, having worked at the company for the past 27 in and around Xbox. And... um, Microsoft is restructuring 343's leadership to better position the game for the future of its live servants. Now, Bonnie announced that she is leaving due to some family health issues. Um, I have no reason to doubt that other than that that's the reason everybody leaves a position they're being told to leave is for family (laughs) medical issues. Uh, So, I mean, my guess is maybe there were some issues that just now, you know, hey, uh, maybe you should find a reason to leave and those were the good reasons or maybe it's totally legitimate. We don't know. But Dave, what do you think this does? What do you, how do you think uh, splitting Bonnie's job into three different jobs? What do you think that says about, about Halo? Yeah. I mean, she's, she's had quite the career at, um, at Microsoft, you know, she's obviously most closely associated with three, four, three and Halo, but, um, reading through the article, she's got quite a bit of experience with a lot of other heavy hitters in Microsoft, like um, Alan Wake and Gears of War and and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I would hazard a guess and say that the Halo franchise peaked with Halo 2, maybe 3. Mm. And it's been a long time. So 15 years, 2007-ish. Um I don't think the franchise has has done anything meaningful in the past, you know, since Halo Three, and uh, you know, it's it's since it was passed off to Three Four Three. Obviously, it's a huge order to try and take that monster of a franchise and and keep it true to form and keep it growing, but it just hasn't worked. And you know, Halo Infinite launched. You know, what a difference a year can make. It launched in a pretty good state. People were liking the online. There was a lot of promise for Forge and, you know, the direction that the online mode was going to go. A year later, we've seen nothing, virtually nothing. Um, right. So you combine that with, you know, everything with the mess that was the Master Chief collection and Guardians and all that kind of stuff. And it's it's just, it's, it's not really surprising. Um, you know, she's obviously had a great career, but I think now is probably a good time as any to, you know, not only, I, I hope she is in the scapegoat, but they've, you know, they've said they're going to restructure leadership. That means they're going to put people in there that are going to hopefully write the ship with this franchise. Cause, uh, Halo is currently making, um, Battlefield 2042 look like Fortnite. So it's not a good yeah. thing. It's not a good thing. So, yeah. <laughs> Brandon, um, man, what do you think? Do you do you hold out more hope for for Halo Infinite or was Bonnie just a scapegoat? Yeah, I mean, it's clear that the bag has been fumbled and it's been fumbled for years at this point. Um, whether or not Bonnie had as much control as maybe some people thought she did is something completely different altogether. But the writing was on the the wall here. Dave said it. I mean, it's been years coming now uh, and it's not been getting better. So clearly, whether it's Bonnie or not, um, something needed to change. Um, I'd hope that 
she went out on as best of terms as she could because clearly and obviously she had some passion, um, if not a lot of passion for this. It just didn't work out. Um, so I'm hopeful that Microsoft can get their shit figured out. I mean, they kind of have to. Said last week, I'll say it this week, one of their biggest IPs, period. Um, so they don't really have an option. Um, if it's not working, change it. Um, that's exactly what they're doing. So wish the best for Bonnie. Who knows? Maybe we'll get something different from her. Uh, maybe it was, you know, when you work on something for so long, at some point, I think that even if you love it, um, it can be tiring in a lot of ways. Um, and that can show in the work. So um, maybe there needs to be some changes. And, you know, maybe Bonnie's not done. Who knows? So. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I mean, she's she's at like the a lot of people's careers are like in high swing during the age where she is. But I have a it, it's so hard for me to think about like how hard it would be to leave a job in your mid 50s because you're not terribly far from retirement, but you're also like far enough along in your career that you want to have a spot, a top spot somewhere. Like you don't want to just go back to being a grunt. So hopefully, I mean, she's got a lot of talent, no doubt, no matter what happened with halo, she's definitely got a lot of talent. Absolutely. And so hopefully somebody's not, not scared off by that because I know uh, plenty of people. There's a, there's a person I know right now. He is about the same age as Bonnie is. And he just left, he's leaving a career after uh, being in that career for 25 years. And he's like, I, and not by his choice. And he's like, I don't really know what to do next because like I'm kind of, I was kind of hoping to retire here and now I got to start over essentially somewhere. Right. So it's going to be rough. That's tough. Obviously, uh, regardless of the circumstances, best wishes to her and uh, hopefully best wishes, but best wishes to Halo too. Cause yeah. I, I love Halo. I <laughs> yeah. don't want, it to, I don't want it to suffer. So it can't get much worse though. Ben, I, so no, you're you're correct. I mean, at least the game's not broken. <laughs> yeah. It's just not in good shape. So, yeah. As good, but as worse as it possibly can be. It's like a nice little middle of the road. We want to see Halo a little bit higher than that. You know what I mean? Yes, absolutely. I wanted to briefly mention, we talked about Atomic Heart uh, and how awesome it looked. And I watched that trailer like eight times. I, I'm not usually the type of person who watches a trailer after I've seen it and I'm in on something. I watched that combat trailer like eight times uh, i think the couple days after we talked about it uh but anyway atomic card has been delayed to this winter they were sticking on to the burr 2022 which was like supposed to be like september october november december anything ending in the burr and uh that has been pushed back they're now saying somewhere between january 1st and march 20th 2023 and they're also they picked up a publishing deal focus home entertainment is going to be publishing the game so that'll be interesting to see. I'm still excited for it. I hope you guys are too. Yeah. Um, but I don't want to spend too much time there. Brandon, this is one that I know you're going to go off on. I, I assume you're going to go off on. Uh, this comes from Games Radar, and it says, this is just a tweet. Good news for fans concerned that the heroes would be locked behind the paywall. And there's an image that says, Overwatch 2's new heroes can be unlocked via the free track of the Battle Pass. So you're going to have to play the game to get them, but you're not going to have to spend any money on the heroes. Brandon, how do you feel about Overwatch 2 and the, the new revelation? So there's so many problems with this. Um, I, I'm trying to figure out where to start. Um, so, yes, it will be in the free tier. That sounds like it's consumer friendly. But I'm hearing reports that that would be like 15 to 20 hours of playing to just yeah unlock anything at all, which isn't completely unfair, but you get into a little bit of trouble when you do this with a game like Overwatch. It's not exactly a Call of Duty 
Um, these heroes often have like integral parts in metas, um, you know, and uh, team comp. And my biggest question and my biggest concern is that whenever you lock characters behind anything, whether it be time or money, how does that affect competitive play? Because I, you know, when I think of it, I'm I'm hearing that you're not going to be able to play in competitive at all unless you have all the characters unlocked. So like, I don't know. I just feel like why needlessly segment parts of your own audience? And I just think there has to be a better way. I know that once the season ends, you don't lose it or anything. That would be completely criminal um, to just get rid of a character like if you weren't able um, to get it. And I also think that it at least it's good that it's the free tier. But that being said, I feel like whenever I'm going to be in my first couple weeks of Overwatch and I haven't unlocked a new character yet and everybody is either killing me with it or you know I try and hop into comp and I can't even check out comp until I've unlocked spent so many hours playing the game you know it's just a combination of a couple different things that specifically for overwatch this does not make sense um they're trying to directly transpose other models onto a game that is very different and i think that's the huge problem with this um it's not just like a gun Uh, there's an entire skill set that's uh, completely crucial uh, in helping your team to succeed. There are specific roles um, and it's not just another player that can have anything. It's very, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, it's bullshit. is what I'm saying. Um, so <laughs> I really, really genuinely think this is going to be a huge stinker. Um, I think from the beginning, this game has been cursed being called overwatch two. They sort of, they should have yeah. soft launch, relaunched Overwatch 1. Um, it, it just says the wrong thing to people. Everyone's going to be disappointed. And I think in about two months, we're not going to hear much about this. So, Yeah. Dave, I know you're not a huge Overwatch fan, but what do you think about the business model of locking not just cosmetics, but actual characters with abilities behind not a paywall, but a, but a wall? Uh, it's not good. It's, I, I think after, you know, the battlefront two fiasco, we settled into this nice sort of groove of you can pay extra for stuff, but it's going to have zero effect on gameplay. It's just going to be stuff that makes you look stupid. So why there would be anything counter to this at this point just seems sort of counterintuitive. So I got to echo what Brandon says. It's not a good look, especially in, you know, a game that is as competitive as Overwatch has been. Um, yeah, not, not, not a good approach at all, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Well, we'll see how it goes. I don't expect it to go well, but we'll see. For now, though, I want to move on to talk about Babylon's Fall and Platinum Games. This is from Game Informer. It says, Developer Platinum Games and publisher Square Enix has revealed that Babylon's Fall will shut down next year, less than a full year after its March 3rd launch this year. More specifically, Platinum... I didn't even realize it had been out since March. That's crazy. More specifically, Platinum Games will terminate the game service on February 27th, 2023. As for why, the team didn't really outline the reason, but I think we all know. It's likely due to the game's poorly received launch and the lack of players since then. Square Enix tried to remedy the game's issues by sending players a survey asking them how the team can improve the game. And shortly after, Platinum Games says it has no plans to reduce the scale of development on (laughs) Babylon's Fall. It seems things have changed because Babylon's Fall will fall early next year. Oh, my God. So that's hilarious, actually. I mean, they sent out a survey to people. 
but there was only like at one point the Steam chart said there was like one person playing yeah. the game. So that's pretty like pretty rough. Nobody to responded to the survey. <laughs> dude, he, yeah, there was probably no yeah. He had the majority voice there, dude. Imagine the power that guy could have had. So like can you play this yeah. game offline or is it just it's gone? To be oh, totally honest with you, I don't even know what the game looks like. I probably haven't seen it since an early trailer, and I was already like, nah. The, the nail was in the coffin in. when this game launched so close to Elden Ring. I remember when it came out and seeing reviews, and I'm just like, they got a lot of balls to do that. But they must have looked at what they had and said, um, this isn't going to work. But um, this has to be the record for the shortest lifespan of a of a live game ever. But this coming from Square Enix, it kind of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Is Avengers close behind? I I think Avengers has a larger player base than we realize. Yeah, I Uh, I actually think necessarily, but I don't know why. And I don't know, but it's IP. It's I don't think they can justify. Yeah, I was just going to say that. I don't think they can justify shutting that game down with all the money. They're probably still trying to make back with the IP from that game. So. And I mean, they've got to at least see it through the the Game Pass deal that they have, right? Um, because it's available <laughs> on Game Pass. But but now I I think that's the big okay. takeaway is the uh, the world's shortest lived game. <laughs> yeah, for sure. All right, so we're going to talk about the state of play. The state of play uh, just happened, and uh, like I said, a couple couple minutes ago, and I kind of want to do the same thing here, although we can talk about things a little more because it is more fresh on our minds, but. Uh, I'm trying to get this window into the other screen. Oh my God. My computer hates me so badly. It just did what I didn't want it to do. Okay. Say to play. I just kind of want to mention the games and then pass it off to whoever wants to. Well, I'll just call on you. Uh, Tekken 8. Brandon, you're the fighting game guy. What yeah. do you think of Tekken 8? I played a lot of Tekken on PS1. Um, I've been away from the series since then. Uh, it looks really cool. Don't get me wrong. It looks interesting, and I'm glad they had gameplay. Um, but this is big. I mean, Tekken's huge. Um, a lot of a lot of fans of Tekken. So this is this is good news. I wasn't expecting it out of the gate. I'll be honest. So. Does it still yeah. have a strong presence in esports? Like, I'm assuming it's not as much as Street Fighter, but is it still kind of up there? No, not. I don't think. I don't so, think. No. Yeah, I really don't. I, I think it's still a little bit more niche um, than like a Mortal Kombat, for instance. But um, a devoted fan base. I knew a guy who just loved that. So, it seems like the yeah. people that love it love it. Yeah. So, that's exactly what I was just gonna say for sure. The next thing we saw is uh, they they marketed this as a showcase or a state of play that was going to be featuring some in-development PSVR 2 games. And the two they chose to show off were games that are already out on other systems, which I found very interesting. Specifically, they're on the Quest. We've got Star Star Wars Galaxy's Edge and Demio for PSVR 2. I will say, personally, I played Demio and it is fantastic. It is an awesome game. I'm glad it's coming to PSVR 2. But it's just funny that they marketed the showcase as like, oh, you know, here's our new system going to be coming out in a few months, probably. And they showed games that are already out. Well, uh, Dave, did either of these games, I know you're not a VR guy, but did either games look appealing to you? No. And and I've kind of talked at length at, at the things I would need to see to to sort of jump into the PR pool or sorry, VR pool. <laughs> um, and <laughs> and the Star Wars game looked 
pretty dated and the demio game look cool but it's just not something for me um but the fact that yeah. these are basically ports isn't a great selling point for a premium piece of vr hardware for me personally so yeah yeah i agree completely Brandon, you're probably in the same boat, I'm imagining. Yeah, I was going to say, it's a little bit weird. Um, we still don't know the official date, so obviously they couldn't give a date for the games. I just wish they would have. Right. Why are you showing off stuff if you don't have a date for the console? That's just weird. And especially, right. especially um, the old shit. So it's just a shoe-in, I guess. So They got to have something for sure. PSVR. I mean, it's kind of actually sad, <laughs> to be honest with you, actually, now that I'm saying it out loud, that that was all they had, so... Aside, yeah, aside here, you know what would be perfect for PSVR is Killzone. Oh, someone needs to bring okay. back Killzone, put it on PSVR. I think that would be. I think trying to resurrect Killzone as like a full-on AAA PS5 shooter might not go over too well, but it would be perfect on PSVR, in my opinion. Yeah, Dave. The next one here, you wrote a Western release slash remake of Like a Dragon, Ishin, or Ishin. And this one looked kind of wild, Dave. What, what, what did you, how did you feel about it? it yeah. super it, violent. They, they said built from the ground up, um, and it, it, it definitely looked a little dated, um, but obviously this is a game that's already been out in Japan. I don't know when it's from, um, but it looked cool. I mean, it looks like it had some really cool characters and some samurai inspiration and stuff like that. Uh, it wasn't the best thing I saw today, but it certainly wasn't the worst thing. And, you know, the, there was a Japanese vibe that came out from today's thing. I don't know if that was intended to be the focus. And I think, yeah, it was, it when, was. when you can bring games that are really popular in Asian markets over to the Western side, um, and, and see if you can, you know, bring on uh, a new group of fans. I think that's always a good thing. So yeah, this is one I'll keep my eye on for sure. Brandon, are you uh, are you gonna jump into it for your first Yakuza game? Uh probably not. I'd probably start. <laughs> yeah, I'd probably start somewhere else. Um, I wouldn't start with a brand new title. I'd uh, try my luck at some of the other ones, but it looked cool. I guess I'm interested to see how much different it would look than the first one whenever that came out. But yeah, it's it's yeah. neat. I guess not much more to say. Hogwarts Legacy was there, and of course we know that PlayStation has some sort of marketing deal with Hogwarts Legacy. So tired of seeing um, it. It seemed like they were really they were really featuring the release date of February 10th, but I feel like we already knew that. And then Dave, you even wrote that here on the notes. On the, you made up a list for us. I feel like we already knew February 10th, but I don't know. I don't need to see anything else from Hogwarts Legacy. I know I'm in. Either of you super I know Brandon, you're also not a big Harry Potter guy, but are you guys excited for Hogwarts Legacy? Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's all looked really cool. And I think that's been the biggest takeaway is that it's really cool seeing something that you've imagined or that you've seen imagined in another way in a movie. Um, so I think once you get past that, I'm having a feeling it's going to be kind of substanceless. Um, but maybe that's because I don't care about the IP. Um, so I think it's going to be cool. I'm just not throwing myself at this to be honest with you unless i get some real bad fomo and it ends up being a masterpiece i doubt i'll even get it so right <laughs> dave i'm gonna keep reading off your notes here when you were writing during the state of play it says forza horizon alan wake dlc <laughs> excuse <laughs> and of course you're referring to yeah you're referring to pacific drive ironwood studios is making this now the playstation blog has a uh, an article up about it and it says, born from the rhythm of an engine, 
Pacific Drive is a run-based, first-person driving survival game. As you explore the zone, your car is your lifeline. Scavenge resources to maintain and improve your car. As long as you keep it running, it will protect you from the surrounding dangers. Now, when I first saw the trailer, I very much thought it was going to be an Alan Wake DC, <laughs> as, uh, Alan Wake DLC as well. I will admit that. But the the idea, and I, the game doesn't look super appealing to me, but just from the one trailer we saw, but the idea of the car being your survival metric and basically that that does appeal to me. And Dave, you're you're a driving game guy. How do you feel? Yeah, no, it looked different. And I, I looked at this and I, I assumed it was an indie game and we usually get cool creative stuff from from indie developers. Maybe it isn't indie, but I think they said it was the first title from Ironwood Studios. But in any case, it looked different. It looked super cool. And when you say run base, is that, am I meant to understand that? Is, is it like a roguelite? Yeah, I'm assuming that means it's like, you make a run and see how far you can get with the car and then you probably get upgrades and yeah. yeah. So, so I mean, that's, that's a cool concept. We've never played anything like that before. So yeah, I like to see this stuff and I like when Sony makes a little bit of time for something like this. So yeah, yeah definitely sure. cool. Definitely cool. No, I think the vibes were definitely there. Um, I feel like the trailer was kind of interesting. I feel like we have games like this already, like games like the raft. It's just like different setting and different boat, <laughs> different car, I guess. Yeah. Um. So Definitely interesting. I do love uh, when Sony shows some love to some first first time games for a studio. So I'd be interested to see more. It definitely looked interesting, like aesthetically, it was very cool. Um, but aside from that, it didn't really grab me in any other way, to be honest. So, yeah. The next thing we saw is an update on the PlayStation Stars system or um, features that are coming. I could not give less of a shit about this. Uh, tell me if I'm wrong. If if it saves me money on like if I can redeem stars for like discounts, then I'm all in. Yeah, that's Dave, super that, cool. Dave, that's it. That's it right there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, why not? It's 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 rewards for um, you know being loyal to Sony and that kind of stuff. So if that's what it is, right. they started to talk about digital collectibles that I could care less about. And I thought about NFTs. I know that's probably not what they are, but um, that's kind of what they showed off today, but we're going to see more of this. Uh, I think they said end of September and then into October, they're going to do a rolling release. So it's not going to be long before we're going to start seeing these things. So we'll see the true value sooner rather than later. But if you can save some money, then fuck yeah, I'm, I'm in. I buy everything digitally now anyway. So I'm there. Right. I, I should elaborate that I think, I agree. It could be a cool program, but if all they're going to do is show us like you can get this digital PS3 on your screen, like if that's all they're going to show us, then just save it for September, October. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't need to see it now. I think the takeaway for me was like, I mean, Nintendo even has something like this. So I'm glad or I'm surprised, I guess, that it's taken Sony so long. I mean, you think about the coin system with Nintendo's. I don't ever look at it and I don't care. But when it builds up enough, maybe I can get something. And that's like the only point to me so i always spend my nintendo points as fast as i can because the chance of, like the, the how often i buy a game on my switch that's digital instead of physical is so rare that i'm like if i just save these up they're going to expire some shit so i might as well just spend them as soon as i get them uh it is interesting yeah because xbox also has their xbox rewards program yeah. with um with uh yeah that you can get through getting achievements and stuff so honestly that can pay for game pass for a month honestly well dude i'm even thinking like imagine the stars and you're like hey i get 15 dollars off of this year at playstation plus yeah like you know what i mean like that actually could be cool if it works out like that so i don't know 
the next one we had was Waifu Titanfall, as Dave puts it, uh, or Send Duality. Dave, tell me what happened with your closed captions during this game, during this trailer. Okay, so I had I was watching GameSpot's um, stream of this on YouTube, and I had the captions turned on for some reason. I didn't even notice them, but what I learned was even if the video is in another language, like YouTube will still try to generate captions in English and I shit you not uh, at one point I looked at the captions and it literally said thank you dick chicken I'm not making that up so I guess like the captions heard whatever she was saying in Japanese and was like that person just said thank you dick chicken maybe Um, it was translating it on the fly who knows what they actually said and I mean we don't speak we don't speak other languages really so that AI is impressive who knows (laughs) it's very good very good Anyway, I think saying waifu, waifu Titanfall is about all you need to hear. I was uh, I was in Dustin's stream just briefly during this, and it came on, and he like kind of like looked like eh, I don't know, and then he like s- some other stuff happened, and he was like, "Oh, well, it looks cool," and I was like, "Dustin, here's any anime voice. Oh, this looks cool." <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> uh, that that's probably gonna be right up some people's alley. I don't know if the gameplay is there, I'll play it. But if it's not, then it doesn't matter what the aesthetic is for me. I don't think they said who's Stellar making Blade is it. A con- uh, I did not see. It's that. just Bandai no, Namco. I, I would did I, not. It it kind of looked like platinum right. a little bit. It's not, but anyway, it would be cool if it was because I'd like them to actually have a hit here soon. It'd be nice. Stellar Blade is a console exclusive coming in 2023. Brandon, did you think anything of Stellar Blade? Is that, I mean, it's it's uh, also a little bit yeah. waifu-y. Which, which, don't let the listener misinterpret what you're saying here. I'm interested in that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I want to make that very clear. But um, this actually did stand out to me. Um, I feel like I don't always gravitate towards the Japanese titles. Occasionally I do. Um, but the combat looked really, really awesome in this. And I do want to see more. Um, the aesthetic is cool. Yeah. Um, the name's cool. Yeah, I, I actually am interested, passingly. So Nice. Dave? Yeah, this one looked great for many reasons. Um, but I I do... Sometimes when I see games like this, I think about like Final Fantasy fifteen, and I kind of had this thought a little bit with like Forspoken, now that we've seen a little bit more uh, preview stuff that came out this week. Is there are some games where I feel like combat is made to look really good in a trailer but then when you actually get down to the nitty-gritty and start playing it you realize that it doesn't have nearly as much depth it looks fantastic and brandon you might be experiencing something similar with final fantasy 7 remake because i know that's what i felt so i watched this and i was like this looks so fucking cool but the more i watched it i was like uh i Let's see if that 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 combat system can actually deliver. If it can, this thing this could be incredible. This is one that stood out to me visually more than anything I yeah. saw today. Um, but I do kind of caution myself a little bit when I see games with combat systems such as this. So yeah, right, yeah, look cool though, look cool. Next up from Team Ninja, another console exclusive coming in twenty twenty four, Neo three. I'm sorry. Rise of the Ronin is what I meant to say. Ghost of Tsushima uh, Brandon, with This guns. looks awesome. Fuck you. Yes. This looks awesome. Like, it looks so good. It does look awesome, but Neo was awesome. Dude, Neo was awesome, and that's why this looks so good, because it looks like, yeah. and I'm not just comparing it because it's Japanese, but, like, I was getting some Ghost of Tsushima vibes. You got an open world, J- Japanese, 
Team Ninja has the capabilities to make this game amazing. And I would say that if I didn't see something at the end of the showcase, that this would have been my top, like easily. Yeah. Um, nothing even came close. I legitimately, I think I'll be day one on this. Um, Neo 2 kind of lost me a little bit. It became too complex in the wrong kind of ways for me. Neo 1 is a masterpiece and Team Ninja has hooked me. I will at least be interested in everything they put out um, because Neo was just so good. So, yeah. Dave, you going to try out Rise of the Rodent? Yeah, I mean, I think it's obviously Ghost of Tsushima vibes big time, but I think what set this game apart for me just in that one trailer was the setting. Um, this looks like this is sort of an era of Japan where the Western world is trying to come in and sort of acclimate or like, you know, change them a little bit towards, you know, what Western uh, society was like at the time. And I got like the last samurai vibes a little bit and like yeah. you're a Ronin with a gun. Um, I don't know how the Ronin society feels about that, but it, <laughs> it, it looked cool. And it was like a like gold flintlock pistol and stuff. So yeah, I mean, the setting yeah. is different and, and, and the gameplay look really cool. So yeah, I think I'm with you, Brandon. This is, this is one that, that also stood out to me. So they, at, the, at this point, they said we've got one more or something like that. And I, as soon as I saw that it was going to be God of War, I, well, it didn't immediately shut it off, but I turned it off because I don't want to see anything else. Dude, from God of War. you didn't watch I know it? You guys you want didn't to talk watch about it? it. No, I, I'm playing God of War. I don't need to see anything you else. You are it. fucked. But, but before, no, that's just, that's how I print it. That's how <laughs> I, know, I do I every know, game. I know, if I know, I know I'm going to play it, the game is coming out in like 60 days or something. Come on. Anyway, before I turned it off, before I hit the X button on my browser, I saw God of War Ragnarok DualSense. They blue balled us for sure at the beginning. <laughs> they blue I thought we were getting blue balled at first, and I was like, well, I'm glad I'm turning this off. And then I stuck it out just to see what the actual controller looked like. It does look cool. It's probably going to be $95 or something. It does. Who knows? It, but it, I don't know. Boys, I, I want to bring this up. Do you guys need? I know they're going to sell millions and millions of these. Brandon, do you need another DualSense? And are you going to buy the God of War Ragnarok one? It looks like ass. You're wrong. Um, they could have done so much more with the controller. It's so fucking basic yeah. with the boring ass, uh, bright ass blue and white. So boring. Yeah. The wolves are cool, but not that cool. Um, actually really disappointed. I've seen a lot of like t Reddit renders of like anticipation. You know, someone will do a whole console and a Ragnarok theme or a whole controller. And those blew this out of the water. Actually very disappointing. Um, the coolest yeah. thing has been the purple controller ever since the start. So um, not interesting at all to me. I won't be getting it, but I think I actually came. I cannot confirm or deny during during the video <laughs> portion of the segment, um, but I could not be more excited. This is... I don't even know, boys. I'm, <laughs> I'm a little bit speechless. Dave, what did you think? Let's just go to you because I have no words at this moment. Yeah, same page as you on the controller. It's uh, it looks fine, but I think about like the God of War PS4 and how amazing that looked. And I yeah, I, oh, yeah. I kind of thought this, this doesn't look great, but I'm not a controller guy, anyways. So yeah, right, I mean the, the trailer looked epic. Um, it's this I this game is going to deliver from a cinematic standpoint. That's for damn sure. And Ben, this this trailer did show like gameplay, and we saw there was one point where Atreus like shot up to the the like moon and then like the it like changed from like night to day so i'm wondering if there's like some oh. sort of puzzle mechanic there that they've showed off um but yeah it's god of war is looking incredible um i'm 
I, I don't think I arrived, but um, but I <laughs> I felt I felt a little a little wiggle in my spine when when Brandon told us that he came. So yeah, yeah, um, I, enough yeah. for both of us there. So <laughs> <laughs> so I did see whenever I was looking up like you know here's everything PlayStation announced. I did see a, a still, and it was I think it was of that shot because Atreus was shooting a, a bow up into the sky, and on that shot there was like. A gigantic wolf beside him. Yeah, yeah dude. I think there was two of them. That was in some of the promo wow. stuff, though, too. Well, again, I don't, I haven't seen a lot of it. Like, I, I black out on stuff like that. So, but there was, there that was, cool, though. there was this, there were some hints for that I assume tie into the narrative. I don't know if that was Mamir that was like talking throughout the trailer, but like he kind of sounded like he was really like bringing Kratos down and being like, you're a God, but no one ever like, uh, no one ever bows to you all this shit. So I kind of wonder what, what this is going to, what this is going to mean no. narratively for, for Kratos. So it sounded Dude. like a, a really interesting story for him. Um, but, uh, yeah, really cool trailer. Really cool trailer. It's definitely nice. tier by the way, the big tall guy. Tier. tier. Yeah, what yeah. I said, Mamir. Yeah. Tier. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Mamir's the head. Right, right, right. Right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Brandon, what have you been playing? Uh, well, I'm still taking it easy on Final Fantasy VII. Have not caught up with that this week. Um, but I want to shout out to Metro Exodus because I feel like I came at it with the entire wrong idea last week. Um, after talking to some people in Discord and playing myself, I really have fell easily into this game. Once I understood what it was and how I should play it, it's a treat just from front to back so far. Um, I'm actually eager to play it after this, to be honest with you guys. So, uh, nice. I agree with the discord. I think I am sliding myself slightly. Um, the entire survival mechanic is way, uh, it's not really a thing when you're playing on easy. I have pretty much unlimited ammo (laughs) for the most part. So that's kind of making it easy. If I ever play through it again or decide to do any of the other games, I'll probably change the way I play it. Um, but just super cool, man. I'm sad to see that only Metro games have ever been made in this engine because it's so fucking beautiful. Um, and it looks and plays like it, no other game that I played exactly. I mean, obviously, it's no other game has been in this engine, but um, right, really solid, man. Really, really solid. I uh, finished out my Fortnite stuff, and that's about it, man. I've been taking it kind of slow. Not really much has caught my interest recently. I'm just biding my time, so... Yeah. Okay. Cool. Davy. Yeah. So um I finished uh Devil May Cry two, at least the Dante playthrough, thank God. Um it gives you an <laughs> option to like I, I guess this comes from an era where like games would ship and like they had like five or six hour campaigns. So in order to make them longer, they would give you like a second campaign that was kind of similar but different, like Resident Evil Two. Uh, so yeah, there was like a second campaign. It was like, do you want to play through this? And I was like, absolutely not. Um, which is a good thing because I am now on Devil May Cry 3 Dante's Awakening. And this, boys, this is the Devil May Cry I've heard so much about. Um, it's fun. It's frantic. It's challenging. Dante is funny. He's like a jackass, but like he's entertaining. The combat system is like so good. Um, you actually like want to 
like get higher scores and increase that letter grade. And it's, you know, Virgil's in this game, which again is another guy I've heard so much about in this series. And now he's finally here. If you were going to go back and check out, like maybe you just wanted to like dip your toes into the Devil May Cry franchise. You didn't want to necessarily play through all of them like I'm trying to do. Definitely Devil May Cry 3 is where you need to to go because it's 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 so good. It's 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 a lot of fun. I'm I'm really, really enjoying it. Um yeah, it took all the good stuff from the first game. It took absolutely nothing from the second game, which was good. Um, so yeah, I'm about halfway through it. Um, really looking forward to sort of finishing this one out. But yeah, Devil May Cry 3 is great. The other good thing about Devil May Cry 3, if you just want to try it out, is it's a prequel. So like from a story mm. standpoint, you're not going to miss anything because it's technically the starting point of the series. I don't know if the later games go um, earlier than that, but um, yeah, really, really like in Devil May Cry three, a lot of fun. Makes a lot of makes a lot of sense to call the third game in your series, or to put, call the prequel in your series uh, the third entry. That makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. For me, I've been playing uh, some of the usual suspects. Fortnite, obviously, just playing Fortnite. Uh, Minecraft, I've also uh, put some more time into, but I don't have any cool stories to report this week. I've mostly oh. just been like. I know. I've been exploring, and uh, I died a couple times with a ma- really nice map that I had made. That was. Have you haven't like figured out a way to um, farm Ethereum in Minecraft yet, or something like that? I can almost guarantee you, there's someone who has figured that out, but it was <laughs> not me. Uh, so anyway, still love Minecraft, still playing it. Just haven't done anything new and cool. So I'll just say that uh, I played about I don't know three or four, or five hours of Shadow of Mordor over the last week, and. I've just continued to enjoy it. It's a game that I missed when it came out and ever since then, and I have access to it. So I just decided I was finally going to play it and I'm just really enjoying it. There's, I love the Lord of the Rings world. I know so much lore that it's actually a little bit dangerous because sometimes that makes me not enjoy things as much, but I'm trying to dismiss all that because this is a game. that's an original story. It's fine. So I'm enjoying it. I'm having fun with it. And uh, again, the nemesis system is impressing me. Just again, because I haven't had that experience with it in the past. And then the the one thing I've actually probably put, I don't know if I had to guess, the most amount of time into uh, over the last week is uh, an unlikely game for me, Disney Dreamlight Valley. This game came out. What? Disney Dreamlight Valley. <laughs> okay. It's it's a new game. It's a, It's got all Disney characters in it. And essentially, this game is Animal Crossing, but better, except except also with disney characters um you have to go and get the characters from their worlds and do tasks for them and like clean up your village and do farming and there's an economy to it and everything else i don't really know why i like this game other than that i like sim games and this is i mean you're controlling the character but it's very sim like it's on game pass for free so my buddy justin wanted me to check it out he loves disney i like disney but he loves disney and i was just like oh wow this is kind of a lot of fun And so I was a little bit surprised with it. I don't know if it's a game I'm going to stick with for a long time because it feels like just a lot of fetch quests and doing the same things over and over again. And I've played long enough now. I don't know that that's going to change. But I mean, when Animal Crossing came out uh, in 2020, part of that was due to the pandemic, but part of it was just because it was a good game. I over like three months, I think I put over 120 hours into it. This game, I don't think is going to have that long of a lifespan for me. And I think that's okay because it doesn't need to. But I don't know if you have Game Pass, it's free to check out. 
if you like games like Animal Crossing, uh, it's it's similar to that. Um, with that said, I don't really know that it reinvents the wheel. Um, it's kind of just a better version of those games. And if you really like Disney, it'd be good. But uh, not going to light the world on fire for me. It's going to be free to play when it comes out. I think on all systems right now, there's like a founder's pack or something you can get. I, of course, didn't get that. I just played it on Game Pass. But it's um, it's been entertaining at 3 a.m. when I'm like, I, I got an hour before I go to bed. I don't want to do anything else. Might as well play this. And I've I've done a good bit of that this week. So that's kind of been my week. Sweet. Yeah. That's it. I think that's it. We covered a lot of stuff there and we did it really fast and uh, a little over the hour and 15. I kind of said at the beginning, but that's OK. We've uh, we've got a Patreon you can go to if you want us uh, to succeed and be able to feed our families. Um, you know, if you feel bad for us, if you think we're great, either, whatever your motivation <laughs> is, if whatever your motivation is, there's there's a Patreon for you. You can go and support us for as little as a dollar a month over at patreon.com slash handsome phantom get ad free early access to the show and whether you're a patron or not you can join our discord over at handsome slash discord hang out talk to us tell us we're wrong about games tell us we're right about games tell us we need to play something that we've never played before uh just hang out in general and and you know goof around whatever you want to do handsome slash discord if you have to choose and i don't know why you would have to choose but let's just say you had to choose between being a patron and being a, mem- a member of the discord we would pick being a member of the Discord. We love that interaction. We love hanging out with you guys. And uh, it really, you know, it's nice to do a show for people who are, who are giving feedback. So we appreciate that. And uh, I think that's it. I yeah. think I got to go work now. Come yeah. and speak your truths in the Discord. We want to hear them. Yeah. And Brandon talks like Brandon talks on this show a lot about um, his sexual activities when he sees games announced and shown. Uh, you actually get to see it live in the Discord. Oh my that's, god! Um, Don't go promise. That's things. not true. <laughs> that's not true. But it it might get people there if they cut off if they like stop listening right after I said that. That might get people there. So I'll take it. All right. That's that's all I got. Thanks, guys. See you later. The HP Podcast is made possible by our patrons over at Patreon.com/slash Handsome Phantom. The following patrons are at the $5 or above level, and we appreciate their support. Wormhat, Toby Ryland, Charles Peterson, Edward Walton, Josh Cummings, Jared, Poot, Boots, Passive Pixels Edwin Castillo, Maurice Bays, Htrons, Brian, Nuke Dukem, and Derek O.